0: Today on Franex, we're gonna be talking about scaling and multi-unit uh, franchisee scaling and diversifying portfolios as a part of this masterclass. However, for those of you who are watching this, uh, our profile Franex website is now live. So if you go to franxlaunch.com, we're building up the profiles of the industry. So if, if you're watching this in real time, go do it. If you're watching this in the future, I assume it's still up, Uh, but this is Fran X. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and put this disclaimer uh, on the statement just so that it's it's there. Um, I work in a world of black and white data um, and therefore a lot of my opinions are created that way um, i'm not going to be apologetic for it uh, and so i know that when i speak the truth even even if they're like what i'm saying is truthful and there's a there's a process to getting to to winning um, most most that uh, dislike my opinions uh, focus in on uh, the one statement that i make so there's my disclaimer so the, at this point, uh, at year, um, and this is a part of, uh, part of the franchise, uh, multi-unit franchising masterclass, uh, our clients start to ask the question, should we exhibit at the multi-unit conference? Should we be thinking about being in front of here? And I say, sure, but you got to understand what that means. Um, and is that the best place to be spending your money? Every franchisor is very tight on their budgets. Now, for if a franchisor is like we got millions of dollars, then I would say every conference, put it on the docket, do it. And there are some brands that, that do spend at that, at that cadence. But in the sense that you're relying on a show to get a deal done, the likelihood of you getting a deal done at the multi-unit show, at the IFE show, at any franchise expo is not overly high and so if you're playing the odds it's it's not like going in with a 20 and the dealer is showing a a nine and somehow gets a 21. it is it is it is a really big crapshoot and i think the the bigger issue is franchisors that rely on the crapshoot are usually the ones that are most disappointed versus those who Play for the for the long game, and say, you know, I might I might lose at blackjack this this week, but I'm going to go back to the casino. I had a nice time. Not not the franchisors really want to get in the habit of losing money. The point is, like, if you do the math, and there's 500 franchisees there, and there's 500 franchisors, and only a percentage of them are willing to diversify their portfolio, then it is a crapshoot. So that's how I usually start it, and say, if you if you want to take crapshoots, it's good if you're emerging brand. If you're north of 250 units, totally, that's the right place to be. Um, But that doesn't mean you can't use it as a networking opportunity or an opportunity to even ask multi-unit operators, why would you not buy my brand? So the networking that comes alongside this. And I lay that framework because the question for franchisors, and it makes sense, is How do i get multi-unit operators who are going to scale in my business because having 25 franchisees who each own five units is much easier to manage and support than um, 125 different franchisees so i understand why the target is there but if you don't do the positioning work and we heard this from this fantastic video that we're going to keep calling back to from a franchisee with tropical smoothie cafe they know that you're there they're just not going to buy you cuz you don't have the you don't have the right pieces so i set that framework because i think i think the big question is how do i get in front of the right multi unit operator to convince them that my brand is the right brand for them to scale and so very long winded opening statement to say that's the question we have to answer charles
1: well and it comes up i mean it came up this week an emerging brand doing well, but, but under 50 units and said, hey, Charles, what do you think about our materials for multi-unit conference, right? And so what I see is, you know, really good guide or really good franchise information. But to me, it's really good information, like a 10 out of 10, if it were for single unit operators, right? Not multi-unit right? It, it wasn't positioned for them. And then we, we did have a conversation and, and I asked what their goals were and it was a deal. And I, you know, my, my advice was, was that you should reset the expectations. You should go in expecting you're not going to have a deal. You should view it as a positive experience for information gathering. Like you said, networking, understanding basically the battlefield what the big brands are doing, having the conversations with the multi-unit operators about what they're um what they're looking for, but but you do need to reset the expectation, at least on the emerging franchise or end. And then my other point was was don't ever forget it. Right? When you get back, there should be two tracks one that you're on right now and one for either building or attracting multi-unit operators in the future.
0: I mean r- sound advice, I think I think that, that one of the challenges that exists in franchising, and again, like the, the, the outcome that I want is is the truth that is specific to the brand that you're in. But the challenge in franchising is we talk in too large of broad strokes. and the reality is the equations very complex whether that's, if, I, if I'm if i asking a multi-unit franchisee, let's just say you own 100 a, a units with another brand. And I say, why would you diversify your portfolio? And they say, look, I don't have any more room to grow with this brand. So now I start looking. Okay. So that triggers an opening. And now I say, okay, who would like to have that operator, a hundred unit operator with another brand that understands scale and strength and everything else. And I say this to the franchise or community and all of them say, we do. And so now you have 500 brands that are competing for this one who's ready to diversify their portfolio. And this is where some of the questions about negotiation of agreements and negotiating territory, negotiation of perks or incentives have come into play because now it turns into everybody fighting for this one fish or, or several. And if you look, if you were to take every sa- signing of franchisees across all these brands and you say how many of them fall into the category of multi-unit, multi-brand, it's not a ton. And so if everybody's fighting for the same candidate, then you, your brand, like you might have a great product. You might have... A good cost to get in. You might even have a good item 19, but let's say your your leadership team is more in its infancy. That might be enough to distract them. Now, I will say that here here is the here's the one here here are two things that continuously pop up. We were in a meeting yesterday talking about this topic, um, and we we're talking about franchisees who scale. And what are their tough points? And we were discussing like the, the dark period ends up being around five to seven units, cause you keep on opening up more locations, but you're not making any more money because you have to over invest into the support team around you. That that is something to think about when you're signing a 10 unit deal, you're gonna, the, that operator will go through a dark period with your brand. If they are not financially prepared for that or mentally prepared for that, that could hurt validation. And the one thing that really sells multi-unit operators to buy into another brand is them looking around the room and seeing people that look like them. So if you're an emerging brand and you're getting franchisee one, give them all the support in the world so that they continue to validate on why you should become a multi-unit operator um, within that brand. And then the the other side to how do I get these multi-unit operators to pay attention to me? And this is the secret is great product and that's why mastering your your business opportunity like if you have a really kick butt burger that people rave about and celebrate and you have good reviews that could be enough to get someone to pay attention to it because product is emotion and so if you're a ho-hum brand for any part of your business I would advise taking a step backwards, really focusing on making sure you have a sound opportunity, then go back into the tactics, which the tactic could be exhibited at a multi-unit conference or position that, you know, where we, you increase your required op- operating capital so that it puts a governor on who comes into the system. So okay. again, like it's complex, but anyway, I'm talking yeah. way too much.
1: No, you're not. but let's use the framework of that conference, right? And, uh, and I'm a multi-unit operator. We have our avatar multi-unit operator walking around and having conversations. The big mistake that emerging brands make is they go to the conference and it, they treat it as is just another franchisee interaction. And even a good-looking brand and, you know, good looking trade dress and a good item 19 that that's the assumption everyone else has. So chances are your booth, all your materials, everything that you're leading with is a check the box item that a multi-unit franchisee expects everyone at the multi-unit conference to have. Okay. So that means now 99 out of a hundred emerging brands that will enter that forum, enter that arena, don't have any punching power, right? And so how do you grab that punching power? So again, we check the box on a bunch of things. We check the box, industry, brand, leadership team, unit level economics, item 19. We know our weaknesses, right? Our weaknesses is we don't have the validation as the 200 unit system. Um, we have to, you know, we may have question marks about our leadership team, but um, So where do we get punching power as an emerging brand? Well, maybe innovation in terms of your ROI, maybe innovation in terms of the industry you're in. It's a new industry or you have a unique spin on it, right? So maybe those burgers are automated or something else is going on with the burgers, unit level economics wise. Your brand, I mean, I know you make fun of me for this, but 99% 99% of people just waste their brand so maybe you have innovation going on brand brand story and consumer connection so you need you know you need some punching power there and it's it's not going to be the check the box items and and I think that's the biggest mistake emerging brands make when they go to the conference and then they get frustrated when they come back and then they think well they don't have that shot they think the conference didn't work and then they go back to doing everything else they did before, right? So use it as that learning opportunity to have two different filters, almost like you had two different franchise sales websites. What's your message to the multi-unit operators? And what's your message for, you know, everyone else that wants to replace their income and find new opportunity?
0: I think Great, great points. And so a few things that I want to say there. One is I like if, if you look at the data point that we were talking about on the last video, that from point of if point of impression to point of inquiry, for eighty-five percent of franchisees in our in our audience pool, and that that number could shift over the next few months, took longer than six months to inquire. The conference automatically any conference any expo gets automatically dismissed as a failure because. You're looking, you're judging success within that the goal, the goalpost of six months. So uh, some of these brands do have tremendous success. It just might take five years. And so this turns into one piece that is going. It's not, it might not be delivering the, the return, the immediate return, but the long-term return is significant. And if you take what a deal value can be worth or the enterprise value can be worth to a business, one deal out of a conference over 10 years is still going to net you uh, with a multi-unit operator still going to net you, um, a tremendous, tremendous return. I also believe that multi-unit operators, they, they want to see that it can actually scale because great that you have average unit volumes of a million bucks where your average franchisee owns two units. I want to see what it looks like with someone who has 10. So like, that can, that can be done in two ways. You can either do it corporately show that you're operating 10 units. You've got them past that dark area. Um, show what, what you're able to kick off on 10 units or go build it with a franchisee and know that it's going to take time. Like you need, they, they want to see examples of other people from other brands buying into your business. And so all those things, all I'm saying is all that stuff takes time, um, and patience and I think that's, that's the other big issue with franchise development is patience is not a term that is typically used. It's speed to how fast can you call them when they inquire? How fast can you get them into your funnel? How fast can you move them through? How fast can you close the deal? How fast can you get them open? And we don't focus on like the other processes of, of patience. And we don't, like development also hands the keys over to operations and walks away when really success of year one for a franchisee ends up driving more sales. So the whole point of it is if, if, I, if I were recreating franchising, I would say start patient, your first 10 franchisees, make sure that they have the capabilities to open up three units. And if you're you're barely pushing them through, wait, wait to get those first 10 right or your next ten. Like you can you can start over now. But if I was doing franchising that way, make sure that they can get those. T- your first 10 can can manage 30 units. Make sure that you're opening up units corporately alongside no matter what your business is. So that you have proof of concept that whatever that when when that big player comes to you, you're like, yeah, this is how we scaled it. Here's our labor model here's our cost structure, here's our profitability as as reported in item 19, go alongside it. That in my opinion, is how you will eventually get all those franchisees that you desperately crave.
1: So <clears throat> what do you think the typical budget is for a brand when they go to a multi-unit conference? I mean, it's
0: like on paper, it's it's somewhere in the range of 20K. But here, I'll, I'll, I'll give a real-time brainstorm on uh, for how an emerging brand could win at the multi-unit conference. 20K is gonna be your investment just in booth, travel, and meals and entertainment. So 20K is in. If you go there and you're like, you know what? This is our coming out event. We're not soliciting franchisees. And your booth says, we don't want franchisees. We want advisors. And you go into that show, and you're basically trying to find three multi-unit advisors to join your advisory board. And your booth says, we're looking for our advisors. And you're talking to people and you're, you're basically, you've now reverse engineered this to interview them. And it, you could have a program where you're willing to spend, you're gonna give them $2,500 a quarter to show up at a meeting, the three of them. It's 30, 30 grand a year. For them to come into a meeting and constantly punch holes in how can you make this business better and you're there to interview multi-unit franchisees to join your advisory board what did you just do you flip the switch you use your space to actually have meaningful conference conversations you took a portion of your budget and you're putting it to serious intel you're creating a model that you can win and, and as we go forward, and you're not competing against anyone, and your expectations change. You're looking for three advisors, not three franchisees.
1: If you then listen to them, they're gonna buy. (laughs) um, That's such a big mind shift. Um, On so many levels, right, because now you're changing everything you do, and if you have those advisors, and again, this is not the typical situation, right? But if you take that mindset, whether you're going to multi-unit or you're just reaching out to other multi-unit franchisees, totally different mindset, um, and you're 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 building parallel tracks for franchise success. And so for the emerging brands, again, I had like three calls where they're under 10 units. And again, I think the conference is great. I recommend they go. But it's for that intel, Nick. And it's it's for the idea of learning, you know, beginning with the end in mind and what does that success look like? And those multi-unit operators, they have more information uh, than 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 anyone else could share with them. So I, I think that's great advice.
0: Well, and then the budget, like in my opinion, it it's do it like I think I think most have the mindset that I set up my 10 by 10. I stand in my booth and I better get a deal. The ones that end up stand out, standing out are the ones that say, I have a 10 by 10. That's my office. I, I'm going to try to pull people in for meetings or I'm going to get a suite. I'm going to host a, a cocktail reception or I'm going to do a dinner. And it doesn't have to be hundreds of people. It could be five. And so when you take your approach that that is you just being in the market, now let me market around it. Let me do my marketing around my booth. Now it's on your budget might be 50. But again, like one franchisee to majority of businesses could be one million dollars in enterprise value. So 50 grand is nothing.
1: No, I, look, it's a good investment. The, the the question is how you approach it, right? I when I'm looking at materials, it you know, some of the multi-unit materials I'm looking at is showing here's the four steps to becoming a franchisee, right? Multi-unit operators know that already. Um, and so you, you, you need that punching power. And, and again, going back to that, that interview we had, is there a technology innovation? Is there an ROI innovation? You know, the, you know, but I, I think your best, if you're talking about your advantages of your franchise system, focus on one thing when you get there. Not every check the box item that everyone's going to have, have that one standout. If you sell pizza, maybe you're a technology company, right? If you're a retail business, maybe your advantage is in data. But like find that talking point, find that advantage. There's a comment there, Nick. Could you pull that up? I, I, I can't see it. Yeah,
0: I mean, Sure, but then you have the, basically this is saying if you have advisors and you then sell franchises them in the future, you're creating a presale disclosure. Sure, well, but that's every every employee that's ever bought a franchise. That's if Charles and I are talking, like that's that's everybody. I, I don't
1: think that's you know, sure. I, look. And I get that, but look, here's the reality. This is genuine. Maybe you never sell to them. Who cares? Who like cares? get that data. You know, I. But look, it is. There's definitely an issue. Um, but, look, I'm really big. Again, I don't think they're going to read a four-page brochure or information packet about all the standard stuff everyone talks about in franchising. So just recreate your value before you get to that conference. Simple, simple. And, yeah, I think – now, I'll say this. Now,
0: some, someone's going to point to this and say, Nick said don't go to the multi-unit conference. <laughs> so
1: nah, I'm going to get those emails.
0: Oh, I love those. <laughs> I'm saying – when the right brands do the right things that are specific for their brand they start winning when patience is added and you, you're actually use your data. Like the brands that say, I sold 10 last year and next year I'm going to sell 50 without increasing my budget. You're not. It just doesn't, like things don't work that no, way.
1: But, but Nick too, the, the mindset, if you come back from multi-unit without one deal, you could turn that conference into a win and a home run based on how you react to the data you're getting there. That's really where the win happens. And the win doesn't
0: happen. like That's what I'm saying, the data says. The win doesn't happen within six months of that show. It happens between six months and five years of that show. So when yeah. you judge the success of a single moment on what the outcomes were in the immediate following days, you set yourself up for failure because the data doesn't support that. That's whether you got a... like. We've had PR placements. We're like, oh, you got us in the Wall Street Journal, but we didn't get anything. Well, that's not how the sales funnel works. Talk to me in two years from now and say that didn't work. I bought a, I spent $20,000 on Google ads. I got nothing. No, you look at your analytics. You actually seeded your market. And but, now six months from now, they're going to convert. Like this is not how, this is not rocket science.
1: This is how no, works. but look, Nick, there's mindset there too, which is building durable, repeatable assets. So I'm saying what I learn at multi-unit the deficits my brand has, I focus on it, but not only that, and and aside from if I'm, if there's a PR placement, I want the story, right? I want that placement. If it never results in a deal to become part of my story and part of the, the future of my brand. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, mindset,
0: focus, business opportunity, that's strong. Figure that out. Use these conferences as, as a jumping stage. Use it as an educational forum, be be curious, and you will absolutely one billion percent find value. This is Franex. Franexlaunch.com. Go yes. fill out your profile. See ya.